Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mind with Morgan. For those that don't know, this is a self-journal series where I share information that I've learned based off some journaling sessions, therapy sessions, and life moments. And so for today, I wanted to talk about why we allow others to mistreat us. I was looking at some like old journaling entries and conversations that I've had with my friends and others, and I've noticed that there is this common battle um, where we allow people to mistreat us. Um, and so I wanted to create a conversation regarding those interactions and figure out why we allow that poor treatment and then start a conversation to being able to realize that and then counteract that and build healthy relationships. So let's dive in. I want to start off with a disclaimer. I always do research. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just coming over here talking recklessly. I definitely do research. I definitely, um, the information I'm sharing is based off, you know, obviously like my journal entries, like I said, and conversations with friends, conversations with therapists. So I hope that this message reaches whoever needs to hear it, um, share it with friends, family, whoever, and thank you so much once again. So the first thing um, or reason that I've noticed um, why we allow people to mistreat us is because we think we can fix them. I'm starting with this reason because I relate to this one the most out of all of them, out of the five that I have put together. Um, so we meet people and we get to know them and we see their flaws and we see where they've been hurt or mistreated and all that hurt is reflected when they interact with us. So because we notice that it's not extremely intentional or we, we see that there's an underlying issue, we stay and we allow ourselves to endure the same treatment that hurt them and we convince ourselves that we have the experience, we have the knowledge, we have the understanding, we have the time, and we have the forbearance. Um, and we try to love them or have them talk about their past or childhood trauma or whatever in hopes to fix them and find the problem. But the interesting thing, or funny, you know, ironic thing about healing is that you need consent. No one on this earth will change heal, alter themselves, do whatever, unless they 100% to, they 100% choose to do that um, personally, internally, they make that choice themselves. So in the situation where you're being mistreated and you're like, oh, I can fix them, I can fix them. You can't and you just have to leave and you can't stay because now you're getting hurt and you're also trying to fix someone else and you don't have the expertise to have those conversations. You know, you're poking and prodding and you might end up hitting a nerve or cutting the wrong wire or hitting the wrong base. And this was actually 100% me. So that's why I started off, you know, I really did the most. This was 100% me. So I, you know, would meet people um, and I wanted to help them. Like I saw that they were hurt. I saw that they had this thing going on and I wanted to help. And even though I was coming from a place of genuine love and concern and I had good intentions and I really was worried about them, I realized how narcissistic and rude that actually was to come into somebody's life and try to play fix it Felix and oh, I can fix this. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like that's not my place. 
um, and you can actually end up hurting them. Um, so like I said, I was trying to be fix it Felix and every time we were on FaceTime or in person, um, I constantly was like, what's wrong? What's going on? Constantly trying to open up that, that wound and heal it. Um, and after I realized that, how problematic that was, I actually felt horrible and, you know, I apologized to those people and I gave them their space. But sometimes when we try to fix people or heal them, we can end up damaging them more because we don't know, even though we, we think we do and like, oh, well, I handled this or my cousin went through this or I had a friend, like you, we think we know or we see it on TV. Some things are so fragile that you have to leave it to a higher power. You have to leave it to a experienced person, a professional um, to handle those things because last thing you want to do is trigger them or end up hurting them more. So what I decided to do was love them from afar. And for me, my definition of loving from afar is praying for them. It's interceding with prayer, leaving it to God um, and just saying, you know, I'm here for you if you need support but just letting them have their space because sometimes it can be overwhelming to have all these people around you. Um, so I stepped back, I let God handle it. Um, and <laughs> you, it is very hard, but you let them become who they need to be. Let that person become who they need to be. And when somebody treats you poorly, that sometimes it can be a cry for help but it's not a cry for your help. I want I want I I had to realize that. I was laying up at night and I was just like this person they need help. They need help. Like the way they treat me, the way they act, the way they treat others, that's a cry for help. Like that's not that's not genuinely them. I know they're hurt. And so even though they're crying for help, it's not always going to be your help because maybe you can't give them what you think you can and that's where they're crying for help okay great they know they need help let's send them to a therapist let's send them to you know get a new hobby go to the gym work out express that express those locked in emotions so we have to leave um sometimes some i've noticed some people are like hey i don't like how you treat me and then easily you guys can handle that right then and there but that may not always be the case so it's best to leave and understand that we can't fix everybody so number two is somewhat similar to number one. We allow ourselves to be mistreated because we see that person's potential and, you know, we've seen how their parents treat them or we've known them since the sixth grade. So we were there when their grandma passed away um, or they had this life altering traumatic event and we think that we're the only ones who understand them. We're the, only, we're the only ones that get them and that have seen them in this rough space. So it's okay to sit there and endure how they treat us because we know it's not them. So we stand, we allow the verbal abuse or we know that they don't value us and we kind of suck it up and our friends and family will tell us to leave and we're like, no, no, they're not like that. Let's just wait. Or we see our partners throw their, or for the potential part, we see that we see our partners throwing their greatness away and we just sit back and say, it's okay. They'll get their spark back. Um, you know, and we just try to focus on the good things, but I want, to, I want you to ask yourself, what happens when the good doesn't outweigh the bad? Or we walk around knowing, um, we walk around knowing that we can only talk to them on their good days. We know like they, they're just going through this rough patch and they just treat us so poorly and we sit there and we make excuses. I can only talk to them on Tuesday and Friday or this happened, this happened. Like that, that's not cool. 
Um, so staying around because we think that only we understand them or only we can see their potential and we start to lie to ourselves can become extremely damaging because we begin to enable them or we start to live a life for them and we pick up the slack, but that's not our job. And so you can have the most talented person in the world. You can give them um, the, all the paintbrushes, all the camera lenses, all of the pencils and paper. We can give them all of the fabric. We can give them all the welding tools. Whatever their talent is, whatever their specialty is, we can give them all the tools to become the greatest person they can be. We can give them all the books in the world or we can give them the super cool hey here's my garage you can sit here and play your instruments or play in your band like we can give them everything but they have to want to change themselves and so when they don't change for themselves we sit there and we make excuses or we say he just went the rough patch you know we see their i see their potential like i know it's going to be okay no because now we're sitting back and we're sitting in this state of depression and we fall into that depression we fall into that unhappiness and that's not fair to us there's this weird, I know that people struggle, there's this weird balance of taking care of yourself and then taking care of loved ones and knowing who comes first and um, what we will and will not put up with. And that's another conversation for like boundaries and understanding how far we will go for loved ones. But as much as you love that said person, you have to love yourself as well and figuring out what love is and understand um would I want to put somebody else through this? No, so I'm not going to put myself through this and withstand it. <sighs> Lucky number three. Um, this reason is very serious, so I want to take some time out. It took me a while to realize that I'm actually, I fall under this category. So it may take you guys some time or you may like be in denial at first. <laughs> or you may accept it immediately. So... I think a lot of it, it, people experience this without recognizing it, and that is allowing people to mistreat us and we stay and allow ourselves to be undervalued because we think we deserve it. I'm going to repeat that. We allow people to mistreat us because we think we deserve it. People that mistreat us or abuse us are able to continue doing it because it solidifies our ingrained negative opinions about ourselves. Um, if you walk around and you think, oh, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm worthless, I have no future, um, I annoy everyone. Whenever I walk into the room, I make the room extremely negative. You know, I dim people's light. Nobody wants to talk to me. If we walk around and we keep thinking that, we think that we're a loser, and then we have our partners or our parents or friends or whoever in our life say these things as well, they confirm what we've been thinking this entire time. And so we won't leave because if we don't think we deserve better, we're not going to go and get better. So the more they say it, the more we think it, and it becomes this really vicious, negative, abusive cycle. And I want to make it very clear right now, you are only who you allow yourself to be. I know there's that quote where they're like, the sky's the limit. I don't like that quote. Um, I say that you are your limit because you, if you allow yourself to go far, if you motivate yourself to go far, you'll get there. So you are in charge of how far you go, how much motivation you have, um, what you'll take from other people. You are your limit. So if you think you can go above and beyond, you will go above and beyond. So I, if you are in an abusive relationship or you're not necessarily abusive, but if you're in a relationship where people mistreat you, 
take a step back because sometimes it is hard and think why do I let that happen or when they say those things why am I so calm about it you know why do I agree with that in a sense like that's not that's not cool you are amazing you are this ball of light everybody has this ball of light um and it's about unleashing it it's about letting it shine we allow we dim ourselves and so people are like i'm just not that good and it's like you are that good you just haven't unleashed it yet so unleash your ball of light unleash your greatness and walk away from those just annoying people and people that try to dim you down those bullies so number four um, my next reason, so number four is actually the opposite of number three. We let people mistreat us because we are waiting for them to have this revelation where they realize we're amazing and we're this walking blessing and we're waiting for them to treat us right. We know how awesome we are and the greatness we possess and we sit here and we're confused and we're like, why don't they value us? Why, why don't they love me? Why don't they see all the great things I'm doing for them? Why don't they write me a card? Like, we're just sitting here and we're like, okay, something's wrong. They're going to realize that they love me. Um, they're going to one day just wake up and they're going to send me roses at work and they're going to do all these. Like, we're waiting for that aha moment. But I'll be honest with you, that aha moment is not coming. You have to get up and walk away and realize that you were specifically created to occupy a specific space. Not everyone is supposed to see your greatness. Not everyone can handle your light. Not everyone knows how to care for you. And that's no one's fault. That is absolutely no one's fault. But I believe, um, it's something that I believe that I've come to terms with. You may believe something else, so definitely you can talk about that. Comment and Instagram, have that conversation, text me. Um, but there is someone, I'll get, God is sometimes going to, Close someone else's eyes. So, because not everyone knows how to treat you. Like I said, not everyone knows how to handle you. So it's best that their eyes are closed, their senses are turned off, that they can't realize how amazing you are because if they did, they would abuse that. They wouldn't know how to handle you. They wouldn't know how to love you correctly. And you have to remember that there is somebody right now, in this moment, right now, last night, tomorrow, that is constantly praying for you, that is asking for somebody with your sense of humor, that wants somebody that likes to travel or enjoy the arts, that wants a business partner that can handle the finances and has X, Y, and Z skills that need that. There's a parent out there praying like, Lord, please send me a person who can teach my child that is sensitive, that can understand my child's needs and cater to them and love my child and teach them so they can be ahead and be right in target with the rest of their classmates. There's somebody that is praying for you. So while you're in the same space getting beat up and undervalued and um, misinterpreted and mistreated, there's somebody that knows how to treat you. There's somebody that's going to love you. And you have to have the strength and courage to get up, walk away so you can walk into that new season, so you can walk into that new building. There is no reason that you should be in this establishment trying to persuade these people that you have a place at the table when there is a building right down the street that has a whole table set out for you and guests ready to welcome you and talk to you and love you. That is so hard. We think that the situation we're in is the best we can do, but it's not. It's not. We can do so much better. And I I want to make this very clear. I saw on TikTok, I think it was TikTok or Instagram, there was like a quote or video and the guy was like, um, 
you can be the right package but at the wrong house. And that is so true. You have to look at yourself like that. You are the right package. You are what somebody ordered, but you are at the wrong house. You gotta, you gotta go back. You have to go back to the postal service or however packages work and you have to be shipped back to the right house. Um, I think as women, I can't speak for men, but I know that as women, we can sometimes romanticize Hollywood there's this really weird scene and, and theme that I notice in a lot of movies where the woman, you know, decides to leave and she's about to get on the plane or the train or she's driving away. Um, and the guy comes out of nowhere and he's like, I, I love you. I Oh, there's also that scene like at the wedding where the woman's getting married and the guy comes back like, I love you. I, I didn't value you. Like, I'm going to do right. Please, you're the one that I want. And we romanticize that. We think that that's going to happen to us. We think that we're going to get on the plane and right before we go into the gate um, and we give um, our ticket to the to the hostess or whatever you call that person, we think that our fiancé or ex-fiancé or ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend is going to run and say, I love you and I'm sorry. And that necessarily is not always going to happen. And I think we want it to happen so desperately. And that's normal. Um, but we can take that too literal and we stay around and we endure the poor treatment and we think we're going to get that moment and we're just not. And I'm not saying people will never realize that they lost a good thing, but I think it's irresponsible and unfair to you to stay around and endure that poor treatment so somebody else can have their aha moment because that's not guaranteed. Not everybody is going to see your light and that's not your fault. You just have to go where your light is wanted and needed and you have to shine. Um, I think I also feel like it's my duty. Um, sometimes we, I don't know if anybody, I know, I know that for me, you know, if a boy is mean to you, people are like, well, he probably likes you. And I think we also can internalize that and we're like, well, he likes me. He's just not treating me right. Or, you know, he's just ignoring me. Like he doesn't know how to express his feelings. And I have seen some of the most, like the boys that you think were like, standoffish or a jerk like I have seen some of the jerkiest boys if that's a word turn into the sweetest souls when they like a girl so I'm gonna tell you right now if somebody really likes you really loves you you will know that love that kind of thing you will never have to guess you'll never have to say well, do they like me you know do they value you will never have to do that that's not a thing when somebody loves you it's clear as day so please don't stay and allow yourself to be mistreated so my fifth and final argument argument reason um, is we stay because we are afraid of leaving it's as simple as that we let people mistreat us because that's what we're used to and we have this fear of change we don't want to leave because we're afraid of losing that person. We're afraid of hurting them. We're afraid of giving up. And it's really normal as humans. We don't want to be by ourselves. We're social creatures. And when you have kind of isolated yourself so much or spent all your time with this one person and they mistreat you, you you're afraid to go out and do better because you don't know better. You don't know anyone else. So we sit there in that comfort zone um, and we don't want to live a life without that person. Um, and you're afraid that if you leave them, they might do something that they might hurt themselves or they might hurt you. 
And this is a very scary realization. It's a very scary situation to be in. Um, I have been in that situation situation where you're scared, like, okay, well, you know, if I leave this person or if I stop being friends with them, are they going to make a scene? Are they going to get dramatic? Are they going to get dramatic and loud? Are they going to threaten to do this? And I've seen other people do that where they threaten to hurt themselves or the whole nine. So this is a scary situation. So this is where I say, like, have a friend or an accountability partner or somebody there to help you. Um, there are different, I know that different people take things certain ways. So if this person, they may take the news better if you leaving them like with a note or if you sit down in a group setting like with friends and trusted family, um, just to make that transition a little bit easier. But remember that you are not God and that you don't have to sacrifice um, or give your time and life away to somebody that mistreats you. Um, and if you're not getting that love and respect, um, you owe it to yourself to leave and you do have to love yourself first. That's definitely a conversation I want to talk about. And that will probably be a conversation piece with an adult um, or certified, like somebody who has a degree in psychology or relationships um, come in and talk about that. So now that we've listed some reasons, let's tackle them and find ways to do better. So number one is you have to change how you treat yourself and what you will allow from others. I remember in ninth grade, I really struggled with liking how I looked and I called myself ugly a lot, like maybe 10 times during a period, like a class session, class period. Um, I would just, just be in the back or cracking jokes on myself, um, just being a bully to myself. And when people see, when when people see how you treat yourself, they're going to treat you like that. Um, and I started to notice that people would, would latch on to the jokes that I used to say about myself or how I treat myself, and they started treating me like that. Um, so when you don't respect yourself or hold yourself to a standard, people will recognize that, and they will treat you how you treat you. So I had to change my self-talk. And I noticed the moment I started to change my self-talk, and I, when people would try to crack jokes with me, and I would stop it right there, they changed as well. And literally like a month or two later it's like okay we we're not gonna talk like that so that kind of ties back to number three is when people mistreat us we think we deserve it and you don't deserve it you deserve all the good things in the world and you have to start with that at home in your heart you have to start treating yourself right you have to walk around and let people know i'm not going to stand for the disrespect i'm not going to stand for the mistreatment i'm not going to stand for the verbal abuse number two Another thing we have to do is set a standard for how we want to be treated. So although we can like talk positively about ourselves um, and treat ourselves right, some people will still try to get you. Like people are weird. Some people will still try to like undermine you or oh I'm gonna see how far I can go. I'm gonna see if I can disrespect her. I'm gonna see if I can you know embarrass her in front of the class or something. So you have to set a standard for how you want to be treated. Sometimes we can rush into friendships or relationships or have interactions. Um, and when something happens, we can brush it off or ignore it. And that's a problem because, like I said, people will take advantage of that. They want to see just how far they can go. They want to know if they can walk over you or they can bully you um, without a response and you can become their punching bag. 
So write a list of boundaries, of standards, of how you want to be treated, how you plan on treating others, and make it clear. So when somebody, you know, may cut you off in a business meeting or when somebody um, is really passive aggressive or has a sarcastic statement that kind of undermines your intelligence, stop right there. Say, hey, I picked up on that. I don't appreciate that. I don't treat you like that. Can we rework to... Um, Let's, let's rewrite that. Let's go back and let's fix what, what just happened there because I'm not going to stand for that. Um, respect is a, a key in any relationship that you have. Um, so you know the standard that you want. Let it be clear. Um, there's this quote. The quote, I forgot who said it. Um, it just popped into my head. But it's like if you if you don't know what you stand for, you will fall for anything. And that's very true in life and that applies to relationships. So if you don't know, um, you know, what you count as love, if you don't have a solid representation of what your relationships want to be like, um, you will fall for anything. You'll let certain things slide and then that can end up hurting you the more and more they continue to happen. So the last one is be strict. You can set all these boundaries. You can have all this positive self-talk, but you have to be strict and you have to be strict with yourself and your partners. Stop giving them a bunch of chances um, you know, if somebody disrespects you or mistreats you, you know, give them a second chance, but if they keep doing that, you have to walk away and take a break. You have to say, okay, you're not treating me right, so I'm a, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm, we're not doing that. So um, you have to provide strong boundaries. Stop making limits that are weak. Um, have an accountability partner. This can be your therapist, a friend, a parent, sibling, whoever you trust, and make your goal simple and straightforward. Make your goal um, specific, measurable, attainable, responsible, and give yourself a time limit. That's called a SMART goal. Um, if you want more information, I can totally do another segment on goal setting and opportunities, but you can just look it up on Google, SMART goal, and some examples for that. So I want to make it very clear that none of this is easy. Um, so don't be too hard on yourself and expect things to work out the very first time. Disconnecting from somebody can be extremely hard, and I haven't mastered that myself, actually. In all honesty, you know, I don't want to sit here and lie and try to, like, give you guys all this advice when I'm not following it or making it seem like, oh, it's so easy. There was somebody that I needed to take some space from. You know, I said we need to focus on ourselves, focus on our jobs, schooling, our personal lives, our personal hobbies. Um, we can't interact right now. And then I literally came back seven days later and I called that person. I'm like, hey, like, I miss you because that that's hard. It's so hard to walk away from somebody voluntarily. It's not like, you know, they moved to another side of the country. It's not like, you know, their parents took away their phone or I don't know, some crazy reason. Like you're allowed to talk to that person. They're on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, all that, you know, living their life. You can text them if you want. You are, you follow their friends, you see their, and you just have to walk away from that. That is so hard, but it's so necessary sometimes. So please be patient with yourself. Have that accountability partner. Um, know that this is hard. So if you mess up, you know, don't like start beating yourself up. Just dust yourself off, you know, try again. I tried to sing right there, Aaliyah, but I'm not even going to embarrass myself like that. Um, but so now let's start a conversation with yourself, um, friends, family, whoever, you know, you guys know the deal. Let's ask some questions. So number one, who do, this is the question you ask yourself, who do I allow to mistreat me and why? That's our first question. Our second question is what standards do I have that I set in all my interactions. So what are some standards or boundaries that I expect to happen no matter what, and do you stick to them? 
And number three, do I mistreat anyone? What do I do? How will I apologize and how will I do better? So I want to thank you guys once again for listening to another episode. Please let me know um, how you guys felt about this one. If you have and if you have any tips or another reason why you might have stayed or know a friend who might have stayed um, and interact with somebody that mistreated them, please let me know. Like I want to learn more about relationships and society and the culture that we have. I'm still learning. I'm still researching. Please tune in to another episode next time and remember that in the end, everything will be okay. We are, we all make mistakes and you are loved no matter what. So please have a great day and follow your dreams, do whatever that makes you happy.